What's good, everybody? I am the swaggy blurred Winston A. Marshall, joined with my co-host Matt Thomas from Who Are They? Inter Real Entertainment. He got it. I he finally got, got it. it. Slash media. Uh, and you. welcome to <laughs> and welcome to the Watch the Throne podcast. This is your Bel Air in-depth review. Uh, recap podcast and we're super excited man to kick this podcast off we uh matt and i both really fell in love with season one have been talking about it all the time and we're like oh we do podcasts all the time bro like why don't we actually like talk about this one um yeah. and so even though we never finished it <laughs> we we didn't do our, our atlanta finale that's true we, to, that, we to, did every to, episode to, but the to, finale to to be fair though, that was kind of Black Panther's fault and the holidays and yeah, that it, yeah. it messed up a lot of stuff, man. It messed up a lot of stuff. But either way, we are here to do the damn thing uh, for the Bel Air recap as season two is set to drop. Uh, what's the date? February twenty third next week, actually. So next we, week, as long yeah. as we get this out this week, we good. We Bro, as soon as it's done, I got to edit this and put it out. What are you talking about? If we Shut up. So <laughs> either way, either way, as you know from the title here, we're doing a recap of season one, uh, some of the storylines, a few predictions of what we think is coming for season two, just kind of getting you in the flair. And then we'll be here every single week as each episode drops. Uh, we'll break it down, uh, go through some plot points, what we how we're feeling about it. Uh, but just out of the gate, man, if you're joining us for the first time, please be sure to subscribe to the channel uh, here, the, uh, the Swaggy Blur channel. We pre I appreciate the subscription uh, and all that good stuff. Got a lot of fun, awesome content. And be sure to go over this, man. Again, who are they? Real entertainment, bro. See, I can do it if I want to. It's just funny <laughs> to also throw media in there because you should just be who are they? Real media, bro. That makes more sense. <laughs> <sighs> Oh man, so uh, go and follow old boy over there too. But initial thoughts about Bel Air, Bel Air, man. Like, what did you think we were gonna get from the show when they initially announced it? Before we get into what you thought of the actual product, man. So I was actually one of those people who, after seeing the just idea, like the the fake trailer made by the creator of this show, who. That trailer got so much hype that they're like, you know what? Let's give this a shot. Uh, Morgan Cooper. Um, I was on board with the reboot after seeing that because mm. honestly, in today's day and age, this is the perfect show, especially in the black community for a reboot. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, yo, I want to see that. And I, I know it got a lot of pushback on why do I need a, a dramatic Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Fresh Prince is funny. I'm like, because you can be a drama and still be funny. Have you ever heard of a fucking dramedy? That Because that's what this show is. This show has some very lighthearted moments. Absolutely. But everything I was expecting from this show, if I'm going to be honest, because they did, they did some stuff that I didn't think I would like or enjoy that mm -hmm. ended up being some of my favorite things. Like, I was shot last year when the when the first season dropped and they just gave mm -hmm. three episodes off rip. If you were mm -hmm. Peacock premium, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I hit you up, hit you and Jay up immediately. Like I think it was Super Bowl Sunday last year. And I said, yo, make time for this. And you're, yeah. you're, you're like, oh, I'll get to it. And after a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, fine. I'll watch it. And you're like, oh, this is actually good. Oh, no, it's fire. <laughs> and, that, and that's, and that's, that's the thing. It, what I love and hate about black people, bro, is like, we don't fuck with new shit. We really don't. Like, if we're just yeah. being honest, black people are like, nah, it's always been this. It's going to stay this. I'm not here for the new new. Until the new new, they check it out. They go, actually, this kind of fire, though, and I kind of uh -huh. want to ro roll with this. That's just how we are as a people. We we have we have a problem, okay? And, so, and, and, and that's more so with, like, the reboots and whatnot, because... But, but that but that's my whole point, is that I remember when this trailer dropped, people wanted to be all extra about it. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, need, like you said, why we need I, to do this? We already I was, had I, it. I, I was just saying, like, they'll give new shows in general a chance, except if it's a re reboot, reboot or something. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it was this, I don't ever need it again. So like yeah. um I'm trying to think of what another like there because there's got to be like some other good example like a lot well, of people I'm, were not when Power Rangers Power Rangers because I remember Black Power Rangers, Community mm -hmm. no nope. Power Rangers had that reboot people were like no nah, I'm not with, with that bro um uh, uh oh my god I just had it on the tip of my tongue um people were kind of saying that even about the best man the final chapters were like yep. bro we've already done this and then no, we like, haven't we got left on a cliffhanger pretty much and so now you you watch that and that was some of the best content. 
that we've gotten in a minute, man. It was expertly written. Shout out to Sister Zoe. Shout out, shout out my sister um, out here. Uh, nominated for the NAACP award. What up? Um, but either way, man, I, I just... I, I love the idea of revisiting worlds and revisiting them in a different manner. And but in order to do it, you do because it is such a beloved staple of the culture, you gotta come correct. And they fucking did, man. They they really they really did, and they found a way to make it apply uh to modern times, but then to also give credence and a major nod to what came before it you know like you said to the source material where you have deviated but you haven't deviated that far um and i and i love that because like for example um one of the big storylines we're not we're not going to go episode by episode you've at this point we're assuming you have watched it we're just going to kind of give a little bit of a recap of the storylines we saw uh how we felt about the season and then we will kind of give like we mentioned before uh predictions for season two so one of the things that we really got uh, in Bel Air, again, talking about that source material crossover, man, you're talking about in the original, you had, um, uh, you know, Uncle Phil played by the late, great James Avery, uh, you know, uh, our first, first things first, rest of peace, Uncle Phil. Um, he only <laughs> ran for judgeship. He didn't run for DA, but they made the transition here. And I thought was actually a really smart one because then you had to address cops. He's running for DA in Bel Air. You ever been arrested? No. No, I can't say that I have. It's like a movie playing in my head. You get thrown to the ground, handcuffed, picked up like garbage. When he was running for judgeship in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, you he was going up against uh, Sherman his Hemsley, mentor. you know, his mentor. mentor, and, you know, and the comedy there of him just being, like, a piece of trash, where in this case... Uncle Phil is running for DA, as I mentioned, and the chief of police happens to be Lisa's dad, which mm -hmm. makes its own level of kind of like just interesting dynamic and in how that plays out because Will meets Lisa in season one. That's that's another major storyline is that Will and Lisa are already a thing um, pretty quickly, but you included there, and that's where a lot of these weird webs just being tangled that Carlton used to date Lisa before Will yeah. came along. So then you have that kind of interesting dynamic too. So you, you you see these little pieces where they take things that work and they remix it to fit this story, this narrative that they're making. And again, I, I really enjoy that they that they did that. Well, I, I part of the reason I enjoyed that the remix with the Camp Lisa is because as someone who's watched Fresh Prince over and over, when HBO Max came out. And one of the first, one of the only real pieces of media they had was about to be have, being the first streaming service to have Fresh Prince available. Mm -hmm. I threw out my back around the time that they were, that, <laughs> no, they, not, not even kidding. I was, I was on bed rest, threw out my back, HBO Max came out. You want to know what I did those entire two weeks on bed rest? Mm. I binged watched the living hell out of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Why wouldn't you? So, and then just a couple months later, that's when Bel Air got him announced, and it was so fresh in my head. And I watched that fake, the fake trailer, and I was sold because it's just it's it's so prominent. And it was, I know a lot of people will disagree, but it was itching for a reboot, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement and Absolutely. how much and how much a black man in politics, being Uncle Phil, would mean in today's day and age. Well, so. When you when we got the Lisa element mm -hmm. so early in season one, that made so much sense to me because out of all of Will's girlfriends mm -hmm. in the original show, she's the only one we really see him have a relationship. True, with. we 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 some we see an a, a heavy flirtation with Ty, Tyra Banks' character, whose name is slipping me right now. Uh, who Mister? I really binge awesome. watched everything. You really you really do not remember her name, bro. Jackie? 
Because th- this this should be an easy layup, bro. There's no reason you shouldn't know this. I can't. I can't. Just, just. I'll I'll give you a hint, give, bro. I'll give okay. you a hint. Her first name, um, is the name of a famous comedic actress that was on another black sitcom. Like I got nothing. <laughs> oh my god! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. The last hint I'll give you, because you got to make at least one guess, bro. I don't know. We're wasting all this time doing this, but you got to you got to give it a shot. People go out here to try to claim to take your black car shit. And why should I listen to a podcast from you if you don't know nothing about the damn show? Come on, man. I'm you ain't never gonna change. I'm getting last word. Oh no, you not. I'm thinking it. The last little hint I'll give you is that her first name. Yet again, is named Jackie. after one of the most. Thank you. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I need like I, I, I've been because I, I so Winston. So Winston has known I've been purposely putting off a rewatch till closer to this. I just I have more so the back half of the series of the season one in my mind and Jackie slip. Either way, there's but anyways. Outside of Lisa, Jackie is the only one we really get to spend time with, and he never really yeah. dates her. Right. So he, he he's he's kind of into it, but it never really happens, really ha- and that's you know what I mean. And, she and isn't she, feeling it like that. Well, right, because they also like that was the thing because they talk about it in Fresh Prince um, that they dated a little bit back in childhood, but like yep. she's not interested in Will's philandering ways now as that he's older she's like been there done that we're just homeboys do you know the last um, episode we ever see jackie in in fresh prince no i don't it's the, it's the one where will gets in a drink off with her new boyfriend who's the, oh the football yeah, yeah 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 and then yeah, she just yeah. disappears after that I mean, never... yeah yeah that's kind of the end of that no you're right but i but it's it's interesting the one thing that i don't love about will instantly being with lisa like this but we'll see what ends up happening uh in season two Part of what made Fresh Prince so funny was Will flirting with every hot woman yeah. that ever existed. Somebody call a cop because it got to be illegal to look that good. <laughs> hey, girl, you look so good, I'd marry your brother just to get in your family. <laughs> Yo, man, you see that? That's called the I want will walk. <laughs> That's part of what made it really funny and what made the character kind of charming. And then there's a little bit missing, I feel like, just a very little bit about not having him kind of be that playboy now that he gets to Bel Air with this situation. I get why they did it. You're taking yeah. out that's really playing into the comedy element even more. Well, not but, only that, you're trying to focus this more on the family aspect. Right, right. No, 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 I get that. I just think that there is something to be said about if you're going to make Will, I mean, if you're going to make Lisa Carlton's ex, let's build up to Will and, and Lisa actually getting together. You know what I mean? And so in that yeah. case, let him date a little bit and get used to Bel Air. Maybe he's flirting a little bit with, with Lisa, but you pull back because you're like let's let's earn it a little bit and it's not to say that they didn't earn it in yeah. this first season they, i was about to say they 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 did earn it though because ultimately up until towards the end of the, the first season will yeah. still the fish out of water yeah. and she's the only person who's actually helping him acclimate outside yeah. of the house no you're not i mean you're not wrong i totally i totally agree and understand that i guess it's just there there is a that is the last bit of will's character they nailed i think everything else like he's still smooth yeah. like let's not let's not pretend like he's not but like you had and, and i think maybe one of the reasons why they may have done this people may look back on that now and be like oh look at those womanizing ways maybe they're trying to you know they're like let's not play into that but i think one of the things when I go back and watch a lot of that stuff, sometimes it was like, okay, that was a lot. That, that wouldn't fly in 2022, 2023. But on the other ways, Will was actually, even in all of his like flirting and womanizing, was mm-hmm. actually kind of respectful. Now you get out of her face now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, like, he, was, he was never just like how how we see some motherfuckers today just like hey girl why don't you just slide on over tonight we'll have some fun no he was 
still romanced. He was the mm. wine and dine. He's just, he wasn't just trying to skip he, to dessert. He was he was <laughs> he was respectful. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's a but soft, at the same time, yeah. that's what happens when you're raised by a single mom, right? Right. So he was so he's he's every teenage boy, man, every man in general that's like out here in these streets, like before you get to your settling down age. So that's the only thing that I think threw me off just a little bit. But I get why they did that. But let's 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 talk about it, man. Let's start off with Bill. Let's talk about a storyline. Jabari Banks, honestly, maybe my favorite actor in this this series. And that's saying a lot because I loved Adrian Holmes take on on Uncle Phil. But Jabari did had Jabari and Adrian have the two hardest tasks, and that mm-hmm. is taking on the two most talked about characters mm-hmm. from that show mm-hmm. who are considered the father-son, even though they're not father and son, mm-hmm. father-son pillars in TV history. What are the rest of us supposed to do? Like, I don't know what everyone else is supposed to do, but I know that neither of us should give up. Uh, it, it, it's not just the characters. You're talking about arguably one of the greatest actors of all time in Will Smith and how this really was mm-hmm. a launching point. And that came from, again, rest in peace to James Avery, one of the strongest theater actors we've Actors. ever seen and who Will has multiple times, like Will Smith, mm-hmm. the actual person, Listen, has multiple times credited how James Avery put him on the right path, gave him the tools to become the actor that he is. And he always loves telling that story about the Lou episode where he says, you know, no, go there, get there, get there. Will actually breaks down. And then he goes, and now that's acting motherfucker. Like that's it right there. You know? So mm-hmm. you're right. That is a very hard task and you got to give Jabari credit. Um, like he, he even nailed the crying pattern down to where you, he let those eyes just water for a minute before going into the full mm-hmm. will breakdown, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's amazing to where he he nailed the mannerisms that people get and love about Will, mm-hmm. but still made the character his own. With- no, I agree, I agree with you. And you know what's interesting? It's th- th- that you mentioned that, and this is part partly on the writing. Um, they really nailed like the Philly slang of vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially the updated one. Well, Right, right. Now, I know that you would get a little bit of that in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but they really leaned into it here because if you think about it, there's only certain things you need to hit in a comedy. If you're going to do a drama, you do want it to be as accurate as would be, and Will would still be talking with all that lingo, the Johns, and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff that he says throughout. That that is very important to nail here, and and they really really do that well. So I agree with you. Jabari Banks really brings the heat, man, and his storyline similar to what we got from the OG. Um, Will's out playing ball, gets into a fight. You know, there in that it was a joke where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, we got it rough and tough. There wasn't any concern that Will was gonna die, but it was a situation of like, yeah, we need to get him out of here. Now it's like a nah. You played a basketball game, a fight broke out, you pulled a gun on one of the biggest thugs. Uh, what was his name again? We said uh, we, we Rashad. had Rashad, Rashad, played by Easy the, the Block Captain. I had never heard of, of homie before. Let me see. Hold up. Let me pull up his IMDb, see if this homie has been anything I'll, I'll else. Talk. While you do that, I'll talk. Like, oh, this was his, this I, was his first major credit. Yeah. This was his but, first credit. It was coming as Rashad. Good for him. What, what I loved about that fight is how much more it added to the character of Will because we we always knew Will was kind of the hothead, mm-hmm. but this showed how much of a hothead he really was because mm-hmm. he wouldn't – in the show, it was just, oh, we're just playing basketball outside of mm-hmm. school. In Bel Air, it's, nah, this motherfucker talks shit to me about how he would be the one with the D1 scholarship if he didn't get put in juvie. But that's but not – no, 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 no. Rashad isn't the one that he No, got. no, I, I, oh. I was getting there. Oh, I was getting oh, there. Oh. Go, goes, plays this game. This dude happens to be one of Rashad's little henchmen, one of his boys, and it's, and he makes that bet, bet with Rashad. If I, if if they win, I'll work for you. If, if we win, you give us money. They win. Rashad's boy throws a ball, hits Rashad just slides out of there real quick without saying anything and a fight breaks out they go after trey they go after will and trey brought a gun as a safety precaution because rashad is such a thug so what does will do when he sees trey getting his ass beat by four motherfuckers he goes shoots a shot up into the air and disperses 
No, like, absolutely. No, but but, but the, to that point, it, it's the idea of you heard it in the song. Everybody can rap the song. Everybody of a certain mm-hmm. age knows that knows the theme song from the OG. If you're going to do it as a dramatic take, there has to be legitimate stakes on the line. So it's not just that we got in a scuffle. It's a this nigga's pissed and he will kill you, let alone because he got put on with gun charges. You had to have a situation where Uncle Phil had to pull some strings and technically some illegal strings to get him out of the legal trouble, which, again, is a way to then layer. Now, Uncle Phil is implicated in some of this stuff. So, like, it was it was taking the source material and with sitcoms, essentially, it's not that some of this stuff isn't real, but it's heightened. It's kind of on a on a on on almost a farcical level. How do you anchor this in a real world scenario? And that's it is that. Will could be dead or in jail if he does not leave West Philly. And that's the other part, too, is I think for people that do not get West Philly like that, like I didn't truly, like I've heard of it, but until you see it. And again, this is a dramatic retelling, but to really let you know what West Philly is like, the hood that Will genuinely comes from. So now it's just not all fun and games and I wear loud, colorful clothing. Will's seen some shit, bro. Yep. And it and it really paints the character so well for him to keep such a positive, sunny disposition. But why you don't really see Will and Fresh Prince of Bel Air? He's a fish out of water, but you right. don't see him hurting from not for being Philly. home. Right. You see him hurt in this and really have to adjust. And how weird it is to leave all your friends, to leave your family, to leave the trajectory that you were on. And to be thrown in a situation where some people are giving you the time of day and others are telling you to go F yourself. Um, which brings me to, uh, you know, his cousin Carlton, not the first person that he meets when he arrives. Um, but you do have this really interesting moment between Will and Carlton um, where Carlton really just doesn't love this idea of Will just showing up. And it's been played incredibly well by Ali Shalodin. Uh, yep. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, bro. Um, but does an incredible job because Carlton is layered, bro. No, I, I I agree. Like again, the updated logo, the excuse me, not logos, the updated character work, logo. but also times. But Carlton being even back then, the character under pressure, something they they did early on, which doesn't happen until senior years, covering Carlton flirting with the thought of speed. But in this, he's actually. Snorting his anxiety pills, snort stuff like he's already in this shit, which honestly you kind of expect, especially coming from such a prestigious school. Kids got money, he's friends with kids that have money, but also they cover some of the issues. I they they I think they humanize Carlton more in this one season and bring him down to earth than the entire show Fresh Prince of Belair did in its entire series run because Carlton never fully understood what it was to be black in America, even by the time Fresh Prince was over. This Carlton has already got that reality check, and it, it's interesting because for one of the first times we get to really spend time with Carlton outside of that party that Will shows up at at the beginning, just happens to be going on the fundraiser for, for Uncle Phil, mm-hmm. is when Carlton's in the locker room and he's singing Hot Nigga, with a bunch of white boys. I said, wait till you get to that scene. And you're like, why? And you're like, I, in the group chat, did they just put the emphasis on the, uh, yeah, the white boys said hot, nigga, nigga. And you're just like, I just remember being like, but that that's that to me, I think perfectly illustrates exactly what would happen in this day and age mm-hmm. of if you're growing up in that environment and that you you're already kind of feeling very other, you're trying to to come off as cool that you would do that. If there were any other black people there and Will essentially becomes that situation, you would have the, the pushback because Carlton plays lacrosse. 
is hanging mm-hmm. out with some of like in lacrosse, one of the whitest sports of all time. There's even the a comment by one of the white boys when Carlton steps off the field talking about, I mean, at least they're gonna take one sport from us. It's, 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 I, I, it's bro, from, it's from his so-called best friend, not one of the white boys, his so-called but, best friend. But that's but that's one of the things that I really appreciate about that. Mm-hmm. Is like I I grew up in like white suburbia Dallas. So bro. did I. Like, I was about to say then, I got a story yeah. relating to this. You did not grow up in white suburbia Dallas. You did grow up in white suburbia, suburbia but in, it was white suburbia <laughs> in general. White yeah, suburbia know, in Cleveland. But it's but that's the whole thing. Is it's it's a. I have seen plenty of instances where where black folk are just trying to to get to get by. They're just trying to fit in, and so it's like one of those things where you both can understand why Carlton would do that, but she'd be like, "Bruh, come on, you got to do fucking better, man. Like you can't you can't be doing this. You need to have more respect for your people, for your culture, and how they're actually disrespecting you. And you get to see that over time how disrespectful these white boys actually are. They don't actually give a fuck about Carlton at all." Mm-hmm. Um, you're absolutely right, and I'm gonna add on to that with a personal story. Um, so I actually, my 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 friends and I, I want to say, so my high school started in eighth grade, mm-hmm. so it was either freshman or sophomore year. Mm-hmm. My buddies and I, I was friends with a few guys on the basketball team. We're all black. We never fully understood because you're still young at that point. You don't completely know the history of that word and the mm-hmm. meaning. Mm-hmm. And that's around the age white boys are starting to say it because they hear it in rap music and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. So one day it was after an, an open gym before basketball season started where uh, we were just trying to make an impression for the coaches and whatnot. And one of the white boys said, what's up, my niggas? And we just responded back. The, eight, the athletic director who happened to be black and unfortunately also happens to know my father. Mm-hmm. Um pulled us aside and said, yo, you, you, you can't, you can't let them say that. You can't let them do that. You can't let them say that. And then when we happened to go to my house afterwards, we got another talking to from my father about if you let these motherfuckers say that shit to you, they're going to think it's fine when they mean it in the wrong way. And you Mm -hmm. can't. No, I mean, and that, and that's the thing. I think that they are doing a really good job with this show of, of examining what it means to try and fit in like that, what culture means in that regard, and just trying to 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 get to that because they even go to the fact of what tends to happen. Um, you can have a drug habit no matter what your social economic mm-hmm. status, but specifically when you're rich like this, it's a situation where you see Carlton is out here doing lines of, I believe it was Xanax, right? Yeah, because it's his, uh, that's his anxiety medicine. So yeah, right, because he has he suffers from anxiety, so he does he does lines of it, but to the point of like a cocaine, excessive. like he's, yeah. he's 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 excessive about it. You're not supposed to be doing lines of it. You're supposed to take the pills at appropriate times. So like you're really diving into the type of things that would happen if you were raised in that kind of money. If you uh, you know, and you feel like you, if your anxiety is getting the best of you, you feel like your family is not really kind of there respecting you the way that you're you're, you're forced to play this role. What happens when what should be a part of you, your blackness, is almost stripped of from you and it's not a part of your life? And I think that's one of the things that's been so interesting is Will used to always tease Carlton for how white he was uh, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And in this case, Will's not teasing him about it. He's calling him out and being like, bro, you do get that you're black, right? You do understand mm-hmm. that like because you're acting like a buster. Like this ain't this ain't it right here. Like you genuinely need to figure this shit out. And so it's really, really interesting to see all of that play out. And the fact that Carlton and Will, by the time the show, the first show was over, they really were best friends. And you're seeing that starting to formulate. But we got a lot to cover um, and not a whole lot of time. So we're gonna we're gonna need to speed this up just a little bit. One of the other big storylines you see both Aunt Viv and Aunt Vi, which absolutely love what they're doing here you got cassandra freeman playing uh uh Aunt cassandra Viv, freeman Vivian atlanta's own atlanta's, <laughs> atlanta's black woman dating the white guy who who has more black culture in him than she does yes sir <laughs> what is wrong with you negro and of course you have april parker jones playing uh Aunt vi playing um uh viola smith will's mom um, their dynamic is so interesting, and you always got to see Viv and Vi kind of the back and forth. You notice I, we haven't talked about the other sisters, the diva, so they may have cut them, it, which it, is fine. It I don't like think that that's a bad thing. Episode eight that they cut them because they never they're talking. So 
in episode eight, just a little re, uh, recap of that. They Vi's in town for Will's 17th birthday, and they talk about the history that Vi and Viv have, and that right. how Viv didn't help with their mom, and but they right. never mentioned any other sister in that. And I, right, well, I, I you hate to see it. I respect the decision if you, that's the case. You, it was it was so auxiliary, and it's not to say that there aren't interesting elements, uh, right. like the youngest sister marrying a white yeah. man. But I think yeah. if you're going to cover that base, you could honestly do it with either Hillary or with Carlton. I think Carlton might be the better choice here. Yep, where you could have him date a white girl at one point, and then that conversation can come from there. But yeah, I, but yeah, but they the black woman. <laughs> No, right. No, 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 for sure. But it, it'll be very interesting to see. I think because Carlton has become the real conduit of exploring black folk with white folk. And I think especially because there is a very different implication of a black man dating a white woman than a black woman dating a white man. Um, a lot of that tying to like Emmett Till type stuff, a lot of that tying to this whole idea of like, the white woman prize type situation. There's a lot of things there that I think could go a little bit deeper. And it's not to say that there aren't elements with a black woman with a white man that don't need to be explored or don't have their own. You know what I'm saying? There's just a little bit more tension, I guess, with a black man and a white woman that might be a good way to address that if that's a topic you want to address in the show. You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree with you completely. Um, but again, the storylines for Viv and Vi... Uh, Vi obviously um, having to come to terms with Will potentially not coming back, which is addressed a little bit in, in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as well. But, but way for, later on. Right, right. It's much later. But for Vi, uh, I mean, Aunt Viv, excuse me, for Aunt Viv, it's the exploration of her as an artist. So instead of being a dancer, which we obviously got this yeah. whole, like, <laughs> like that, one that, of the greatest that dance Janet Hubert episode was amazing. One of the greatest dance dance sequences of all and, time. And then she fucking passed out as soon as she leaves. Absolutely. Was, uh, of course, you'd be exhausted. Five, six, seven, eight. Everybody, <laughs> um, but but you end up having her re-exploring her career as an artist, how she used to be such a talented artist, but she took a back seat for the family. She took a back seat because her husband was being super successful and she was trying to be there and make sure. But something that happens with a lot of folks in marriages, specifically with women, um, and and especially with a lot of black women, is this idea of you 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 were supporting your man, you're pushing them up, so you kind of lose yourself. You don't get the chance. It's one of my favorite storylines. It's a very white show, but everybody watched this, I believe. Was Friday Night Lights, and for the series ending, oh dude, it's great. As I, I love it personally, but I'm also from Texas. I was anyway, about to say. That's Michael B. Jordan. That's all I know about that show. He was, yeah, the last couple of seasons he's in that. But um, one of the things that happens at the end of the series there is you have Tammy Taylor being like, I have put my entire career as like a, a teacher and as an educator behind to support your aspirations as a football coach, to, to lift you up and to live out your dreams. But when is it my turn? And so there's a, there's a very similar element here that I really love that at Viv is like, I support you as a lawyer, I support you in your political aspirations, but I'm more than just a mother. I'm more than just a wife. I'm my own human with my own like needs and wants and desires, which leads to a very interesting storyline about her and her art. You have, obviously, I can't think of a better person than Michael Ely to come in and be mm -hmm. the homewrecker who mm -hmm. like supposedly is just trying to help with her art. But, but clearly that motherfucker ain't. Clearly there homie, the slide in. Mm -hmm. homie there for a little bit of peach cobbler. I'm gonna tell you if you if you catch my drift. But um, <laughs> but a you get from that, which I think is really cool, an awesome cameo from um uh, second Aunt Viv and uh, and and uh, an OG uh, Aunt Vi or Will's mom. Only only Vi, only Vi, only Vi. Yeah, only Vi. Well, no, no, I know the OG Vi, and then the second Aunt Viv were there. The two. Um, uh, board members working on the art um, uh, campaign that this shows Aunt Viv is working towards. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was a beautiful little element that, and one of the art pieces actually was a tribute to James Avery, which I loved as well. I thought was so, so cool. Yes. Um, but it makes the relationship 
with Viv and Hillary also so interesting. So let's talk about Hillary, man. Um, let's talk about Coco Jones, who is absolutely phenomenal yes. in this show. Yes, um, yes, yes. Instead of being vapid and an airhead, and an airhead, and instead of being in, she eventually gets it becomes a a weather girl and kind of moves into news. You have Hillary in in this show. She's an influencer, which I uh, specifically mm -hmm. a food influencer. And if you remember, since uh, Hillary did a lot of catering early on in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I thought that was mm -hmm. a wonderful transition. You even get her catering here. But what makes it so interesting is the fact that Hillary pushes back with Aunt Viv because Aunt Viv is like, I've set all this up. I did the sorority thing. I've got the whatever, whatever. You need to follow X, Y, and Z. And Hillary's like, nah, they're, they're whitewashing my stuff. They're trying to force me to be something that I'm not. Exactly. So you get this weird, interesting pushback where the same way that Aunt Viv is pushing back on Philip about you're not letting me be me and shine, Aunt Viv is doing the same thing to her own daughter, which is hilarious. I never thought about it like that, but you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, I guess that also... And I, I don't know if you know this burden. That's also kind of the burden of being the older sibling because yes. you're 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 the you're the test the, the test child, the test yes. dummy. Yes. If you don't come out how mom and dad plan, they're they're pushing back on everything you do. Yep. yep. And so Hillary has a very interesting story. Like she starts off where she's doing her own follower stuff, she's doing great. Her mom tries to push her into um a magazine. I'm trying to remember it was co uh Cool cuisine, something like that. Cool, some cuisine magazine, whatever it was, Coop, Coop or Couth magazine. Yeah. And she gets there and they get they hit her with uh, something that I've experienced as an actor, bro, where they'll be like, Can you tell me? As an actor, they'll tend to yeah. be like, Can you make it more urban? You know, and in this case, they said something like, so they're like, Ooh, your stuff might be a little bit too spicy, spicy. for Can you our tone audience. down the recipes? Can you tone it down? And she's like, No, I'm not gonna tone down the recipes for you know, but these are these are true to my family and all that. It's like, yeah, but mm -hmm. your fam your family isn't really our, our, our audience, demographic. our demographic. And I I think it's Hout Hout magazine, something like that, Hout Cuisine, like H A U T E yeah. cuisine, if I remember correctly, but either way. Yeah. I love that Hillary is like, now we're not standing for that, which is a drastic contrast to Carlton, who probably would have sold out for that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Who probably would have been like, all right, I'll tone it down a little bit. Um, so you get that kind of pushback, and eventually she finds her way, her finds her way into a creator house, which I think was again modern adaptation. I absolutely love yeah. that. But then also what you get to dive into what that is like in real life and how that is manipulative, and her having to find her way out and really find her path absolutely uh phenomenal to see how hillary grows in just 11 episodes but you want to know what i love about her her arc mm. it was who's her partner throughout this arc and that's jazz yes turning jazz from turning jazz from this fucking playboy who's dumb as hell to one of the most what's uh, inspirational well thought characters yeah, is such a change. Yeah, but it's one I absolutely love, it, and I, I I love how Jazz and Will become friends in the first place. Yeah, um, it was something similar in Fresh Prince where he just happens to meet Jazz uh, when he gets to to L.A. And so it's similar that Jazz in this case is his own kind of private, like Uber. Instead of doing Uber straight up, he just does his own thing. You know, with the style and grace and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. He comes through. He's got he's got some class to him. And so Hillary starts to genuinely fall for jazz, which you see that a little bit in Fresh Prince. But this but is like real. Out. It never yeah. it never works out in Fresh Prince because ultimately, anytime she feels like she's starting to fall for jazz, he does something stupid. And right. But here but he, he's, he's successful, bro. He's, he owns his own record, record store. store. Mm -hmm. uh he's doing the oop like you said the the self uber driving on the side he i think he's he, he just because he, he owns this nice classic car like i think he said he just shows up to lax sometimes to pick, just to pick people up and get, show them around mm -hmm. la in style but like he just how much advice he's able to give to ashley to right. will right like the the episode where uh, they're out campaigning for Uncle Phil and mm -hmm. Will and Carlton have to agree. Just how he points out to Will, you by fucking Carlton over, you're gonna fuck yourself over. So don't right. do this dumb shit. Right. 
Like no, absolutely, man, absolutely, and and not I, you know, what I'd expect it all from the character. But but that's but but again, they did they found a way to naturally evolve these characters, exactly. like like the fact that uh, you know, and shout out to uh, Jordan L. Jones who portrays Jazz Man. Um, you know, absolutely loving what he's doing with the character as well. Um, and really being that that kind of guide for Will in a lot of ways. He's got a number of guides, but speaking of guides, man, let's talk about it. We already talked about Uncle Phil a little bit. Um, again, being played by uh, 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 Adrian, Holmes, Adrian Holmes, as you said. But for me, I think I think the the greatest character evolution that I've seen has been Jeffrey, played by Jimmy yes. at King Bola. Um, Jeffrey is a thug, bro. He is literally <laughs> no, like. Yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jeffrey's a G. He ain't a thug. He, a he G. like he like old school <laughs> G. Like you went you went and got someone who clearly used to run that network, and he's out here doing all, like doing the dirty work on the Lolo for the Banks family, which I kind of love because it gives you this weird sensation where while Philip is above board, Jeffrey ain't. <laughs> Well, no, but that's the thing. He's not because of Jeffrey. I'm saying Philip yeah. is actually not above board. Philip actually has a little bit of a dark and twisted side to him. It's just that he's found a way to kind of keep them clean. Now, I'm not expecting that we one day wake up and he's some drug kingpin or anything like that. But as we know with politics, there's a little dark underbelly that every politician ultimately becomes a part of one way or the other. There's some weird like wheeling and dealing that has to happen. And so for Jeffrey to be that point, man, I think it was so great. And he's always really real with folks. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he went, Will needed a little bit of help. Anybody in the family could go to them with, with help. The fact that like he's out here in these streets and he went and found the information about Will's dad and all that kind of uh, stuff. Like, hunted I mean, down Ashley without even with, and she, when she went off so easy, <laughs> so easy, how quickly he found Ashley, man. And the fact that he actually, you, you, you had in the original, whenever Jeffrey would talk back, it would always be sarcastic. Where in this, he's like, nah, Phil, I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to put it mm -hmm. in your face because you like, if we boys like this, yes, I work for you, but we boys like this, I'm, I'm going to speak freely. And it eventually leads to a spot where uh, uncle Phil is like, I don't know if I can trust you. If you're really going to talk back and go against my wishes like this, like you are, it, it felt very, um, almost like little finger or, uh, yeah. even in, in house of the dragon, who's the new dude. That's the, like the new little finger who want, goes a little bit too far um the the dude who likes looking at uh at, at like feet or whatever feet, yep. yeah 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 it feels a little almost like that where he's like i'm gonna I'm move autonomously and do what i gotta do bro because i'm out here really like yeah there's some ambition for myself but i'm gonna I'm protect the family however i need to so it's it's really interesting to see the two well, of them man. one thing one, one change I, I like is that jeffrey originally from the show his family is just from england there's a there's a line in this where originally his his Jeffrey's from Jamaica and they immigrated to England and he just, mm -hmm. he did what he had to do to survive. That little background tells you that he, when he was younger, he might've seen some shit like point blank. And he just got put in a position where he can yeah. go further in life. But just the respect, the respect he has for each member of that family, which isn't mm -hmm. something you're used to in Jeffrey at all. Right. It's, he's just normally just this condescending, I'm family. I love you, but I hate you at the same time because I work for you. Right. And that's not him in this. Right. Like the wisdom he gives Will, like like I said, Ashley, when, when he finds her, I love the fact that he was willing to tell Phil to his face, Will deserves to know who his father was. And I don't mm -hmm. care if you don't want him to know. Right. Absolutely. But, but that, that because, and that was something like you said that, that Phil brought up. You're upset because you didn't you didn't spend that time with your boy. You felt like you abandoned your boy, and so you're you're kind mm -hmm. of putting that own stuff on it, which was interesting. I love having a little more background to Jeffrey. Um, we didn't get and in depth. Still, tying, get some. still tying it into the original series where mm -hmm. we find Jeffrey's son later on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. So we got we uh, the the last main character we really want to you know uh, we got to talk about has to be Ashley, the youngest of the Banks family, man. And again. One of the things about Ashley that was so interesting in the original show, she you want to talk about finding yourself above all else, which would happen because she's the baby. She's really trying to find herself and to use her older siblings and cousin as like the conduit to do so. And so what is so beautiful for a modern day story, 
Ashley um, is trying to figure out her sexuality. There is uh, she. Uh, we do know that she does like girls because she she speaks on it with Hillary, and there's a girl that she has a crush on. Um, but she's she's kind of figuring herself out. So we don't know specifically how she defines herself quite yet, but it is so interesting to use Ashley as that, if you were going to explore something like that, which I think is important because obviously, um, you know, gender identity, sexuality, all that kind of stuff is something that we are, as a society are getting to, we're treating more regularly. Yes. Uh, but the black society, black community isn't there yet. We have a tendency with a lot of this stuff to be a little behind the times. So I love seeing that in the best man final chapters about uh, addressing gender identity here or there. And then here in Bel Air, the idea of addressing sexuality. Yeah. I think that that is a Ashley is the perfect way to go because she's in those formative years. What does this mean? What do my feelings mean? How does how do I operate? You know what I mean? No. And I, and I agree. And something I love is not only do we see like her first real crush, you actually see her first real heartbreak when mm -hmm. she finds out the girl she has a thing for is just enamored by Will. And it, yeah. it's <laughs> and I you 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 laugh, but at the same time, you're like you feel you feel for, for Ashley because it's just like, man, I remember like talking to this girl and then finding out she's into my friend, and then but you know she never as an adult, you're like this little girl's got no real chance. Well, he's about to be a grown ass man. And she's well, like, what? And, and, and essentially has a girlfriend. And, but I think the other part yeah. of it that's interesting, you remember that story, right? There was one where Ashley had a bunch of friends over and that one white girl was yep. obsessed yes. with Will. So you're again, yeah. you're taking from the source material and you're remixing it to fit into this world, which I genuinely love that they were able to do that on so many points. Um, so we really covered all the major players here. Uh, you've got uh, Frank uh, Fred Wilkes, uh, Lisa's dad, played by Joe Holt, who is the I, chief I, of police. I, I feel like we need to cover Lisa though, too, because she we has. Do this... talk, we do. We do. We do need to talk about Lisa. We do need to talk about Lisa. Um, but but again, Joe Holt playing Fred Wilkes, Lisa's dad. He's the chief of police. He ends up running uh, oppo uh, opposing Phil for the uh, the DA position, which he ultimately wins when Phil, uh, you know, concedes from the race. Um, and a lot of that is to prevent Will's situation to get aired out about why he's in Bel Air and how he got there. Um, but Will and Lisa, this is this was very interesting. Early on, Lisa becomes one of the few people that really, uh, outside of members of his family, that really accepts him. Um, and so a friendship kind of turns into a little budding romance. And it becomes a major source point for Carlton's anger with Will because he genuinely feels like he's coming in and stealing and ruining his life. Um, but it becomes so interesting to watch that love develop. It yeah. becomes interesting to watch Lisa, who is dealing with her own trauma because her mother passed and uh, her dad is now dating. Um, married, not dating, married. I forgot. He married her quick. Uh, what was her name? Um, do you remember? No, but I, the one thing I do remember about that character is apparently daddy was stepping out with her before they were and that was the other thing that yeah. was wild was to know that her dad was was cheating uh On while the mom while dying wife. angela i think her name is angela i think her name that's what i thought it was but it's his um, sick dying wife and he's stepping out and cheating on her yeah angela that's yeah and well and so was she so essentially what was going on was while the wife was dying like you said He's already moved on to someone new. And what we find out is now she's pregnant and they're about to have another kid. So Lisa's going to have, uh, you know, a, you know, a step sibling um, kind of come in here or a half sibling actually would be more accurate. Yeah. And that's not, she's not happy about it, especially to know that, that that's, that, that this is what her dad really is. So yes, no, Lisa's very, very interesting because she becomes this really interesting sounding board for both Will and Carlton while herself having a fully fleshed out character and the things that she's going through, it's very, there's a reason why Will and Lisa make more sense. You see, Lisa doesn't sell herself out. She doesn't, part of why she broke up with Carlton is she watched Carlton become, for lack of a better word, kind of a coon around these other mm -hmm. rich white boys. And Lisa's not about that life, but she's not devoid of like her feelings for both of the, of, of these, uh, these, these boys and both Carlton and Will. Uh, she just really has developed something serious for Will. Um, but yeah, man, there, there's a lot of really interesting storylines that play out, like we mentioned. Uh, and we end on a cliffhanger, man, because Will gets some information about um, his dad. 
There's a lot of teasing about his dad not being around, all that kind of stuff. And eventually, um, he does end up meeting his dad. And we find out his dad, Lou, is played by Marlon Wayans, man. Perfect casting. Perfect casting. You wouldn't think so at first, because while Marlon has done a decent amount of, of, of drama, he's really been more of a comedic actor. Right. That's not really his... I'm not. I won't say it's not his forte because he was really, really great in a lot of this. St- um, oh my God, the drug, the drug movie, um, slipping my mind. Um, he played. Not, he was so good in it. Um, it's not Takers. No, no, really old, old ass movie, bro. Um, not, not American History X. Um, he was, he was like a heroin addict. And what's wrong with me? Why can't I remember? This is why I was not. For those that know me from the Schmodown, man, this is why I did not. <laughs> play all that much um this was like a massive role for him you, you it's not it's not hitting you at all bro, bro requiem uh, for a dream jesus christ i've never seen requiem for a dream i'll admit it so i, oh. can't even, I um, couldn't even put those two together yeah no requiem for a dream is wild and marlon is absolutely phenomenal phenomenal in it um but either way um he comes in very different Lou because the Lou in Fresh Prince is serious, but it it lends itself to a little more credence for comedy. Mm-hmm. There are laughs in that episode and whatnot, but it's it's pretty serious about he's a trucker. He's just never really there. Some business came up. I got a handle. So we're going to have to put a, our trip on hold. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. That's cool. Just, just for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. Maybe a little longer. Yeah, whatever, whatever. In this case, you had Lou was in prison, and he was in prison because he was doing some shady business dealings and whatnot, and he had a little bit of temper problem. Get rich quick, uh, a lot of get rich quick schemes, and and pulling one over, and he and he, uh, you know, had a bit of a temper problem. Ain't come here to be disrespected. You ain't earned no respect, nigga. You the one that came looking for me. Remember, I had him. Would you have showed up? That's right. I didn't think so. So they all kept Will from Lou. And then when Will and Lou finally start to talk, Luke starts running his mouth about uh, about Vi. And Will's not having it. And they get into their own argument. And it ends up with a tailspin where Will, like, after he's like, get the fuck out of my life, don't ever talk to me again. Will runs off because he was like, I've been betrayed by this whole family. Y'all knew this entire time what was going on with him. And you just just made an arbitrary decision that you're going to tell me, decide how I find about my dad. You lied and you clipped my wings from the start. And you let me think my dad abandoned me. And now I can't trust none of y'all. Will. 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 And that sets us up for this cliffhanger where he decides he's going to leave and Jazz is kind of helping him out. And he's like, well, what are you going to do, man? Are you really going to throw it all away? So what are some of your predictions, man, of what we might see in season two? See, you and I read that differently because I read that it's not a cliffhanger. Jazz had successfully talked him off the ledge. That's how I read that Mm. whole scene. Well, he's clearly coming back to Bel Air. There would be no story. It's about him being here. But I I know, but I'm... Based off of the dialogue Jazz uses, and mm-hmm. just well, he ends just, it with. So and, what and, he ends well, it with? I, I just rewatched. He said, "So what are you going to do, man?" I know, but what I was about to say. That's the second time they talked in that spot too, and yeah. that's why because earlier in the season, uh, they talk at this spot, and it's Jazz talking about how don't let this city change you, so on and so forth. And I felt like this was that the conversation at the finale was a per, a perfect reprise of that conversation because will hadn't let things let the city change them but now going into season two we're really seeing that i don't know if you watched the trailer that came out a few weeks ago but we're really seeing the what looks like that darker side of will come out of it that real philly that we saw in season one but that's but Uh, again because that that has gotten activated yeah. From from this, from this his, last traumatic experience with Lou, yeah. exactly because exactly. you've opened, that, you you have busted a wound wide open. So again, what would you say are your predictions for season two, man? Well, ba- so I I'm gonna base these off the trailer. So one, Will's Will really takes the the Philly boy to the next level 
to where that I think what you talk about, you you miss the flirtatious side of Will. I think we're going to see that pop out a little bit more. I think we're going to mm. see him flirt a little bit more. Um, I think we're going to see Carlton accept black, accept his role as a young black role model and, and mm. young black man who needs to stand up a little bit more. I know there's that quick shot of him in the second trailer where you see him roll down that black teachers matter banner. Uh, it looks like Tatiana Ali who played Ashley Banks in the original is going to have a prominent role and developing maybe both Ashley and Carlton as characters in the second season. So I'm looking forward to that. But ultimately, I think, and that, this kind of shocks me, I'm looking forward to seeing how Viv and Phillips' relationships develop because now she's got the art fellowship mm. and he's going back to work at the law firm. They're mm. both working now. Like, granted, they're both working the original, but in the original, she was a teacher. Mm. Now she's going to have to to pop off, travel, do her own stuff in regarding this fellowship. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have to learn how to balance all of them working, being there for for all the kids. We got to get Jeffrey back because yeah. remember, Jeffrey got lightly fired. I'm, I'm going to yeah. call it lightly fired because yeah. we knew Jeffrey was going to have to come back. You're not going to do the show without Jeffrey. Yeah. So I, I'm interested. I, I'm, I'm just I'm excited. Next week is going to be awesome. I'm curious if we're only going to get one episode or multiple. So. Hey. Yeah. So some of my predictions, man, I think you're going to have a situation where this there was a partnership that Hillary worked up with uh, a homegirl of hers. I have a feeling that there's going to be just like there were, was drama with the, uh, the content creator house. I think there's going to be some drama with that partner where Hillary is going to have to branch off and kind of do her own thing a little bit more. Um, and maybe it's not drama. Maybe it's just this girl is like she's on to something new. So they're dissolving their stuff because she's focused on something else. Um, I think we're really going to get something very interesting with Ashley. I think even though we're much better in 2023, again, with, you know, gender identity and sexuality, I have a feeling that her secret about her sexuality is going to come out and it's going to come to a head, whether or not with her family or with somebody at school that's going to like really dive into that and address that. I think Carlton, like you said, is really going to go through his black renaissance. Like you mentioned, the black teachers matter banner and whatnot, because that was a big deal in the first, in the first show when they wanted a real Af like African-American studies class. And at first it was kind of a blow off. They just wanted that because they thought, Oh, if our, if, our, if you know, mom, if aunt Viv does the class, we can get an easy a, but it becomes important to them to really do that. I think that that storyline is going to be adapted that way. I think Phil will ultimately come back to an office type situation, but that's how he gets to running for judge. I think that mm -hmm. that it evolves into that at some point. Um, and then I think with Will, man, I think with him coming back, I think you're right. I think we're going to have to really talk him off the ledge of him being that angry of a dude. I think we will we will see him really have to transform back into the fun-loving guy that he always has been because I think that West Philly side of him is about to come out with a vengeance uh, since he is in such a raw raw place but i'm so curious what y'all think man if you're watching this over on the youtube channel please be sure to leave some comments what your feelings were on season one and what your predictions are for season two now we will be here every single week um after the episodes come out we should be out the next day with our recap of the show um you know how we're feeling about it and where we think the storyline is headed so be sure if you haven't already subscribed to this channel if you're listening to the audio version of this be sure to follow subscribe to the podcast as well give it a thumbs uh, all the, the five star ratings and all that kind of stuff depending on what service you're listening to it on man uh and share it around with folks matt tell them how they can find you and the who are they real entertainment media ass crew man fuck you uh <laughs> Uh, you can find us over at youtube.com slash what real entertainment. That's w It'll be in the description as well yeah. of both of these. If you Yeah, it's W-A-T-R-E-E-L-E-N-T, what real end. And that's also our Twitch. We've been more uh, more involved on Twitch. I'm streaming stuff there. Taylor's streaming stuff there. Uh, you can actually see digital versions of Winston and I and Taylor's WWE 2K streams. Lord. And, uh, <laughs> and just on Twitter, what real ent again w-a-t-r-e-e-l-e-n-t -E -E and then what movies underscore matt on twitter for my personal twitter so there's those 
Yeah, absolutely, man. And then you know where to find me here on this channel at the Swaggy Blurred. Uh, but then also uh, you can find me over on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, obviously on this podcast, you can also find me on the Capes and Cows uh, podcast as a part of the Christian Harloff channel. Uh, break down comic book movies and uh, comic book TV and movie news uh, every week with Christian Harloff and Koi John Drew. Um, and then obviously, like uh, for those that know, obviously that I'm like uh, not just a host, but an actor slash comedian, uh, you'll see me in a number of projects and including on this YouTube channel. Again, if you're watching this here, um, you, I'm sure you can see some of the other like comedic videos uh, that are coming out. So please be sure to follow me on all those platforms to get more and more and make sure you're here every single week as we break down season two of Bel Air, man. Um, I want to thank Matt for joining me as we uh, go down this journey and we can't wait to get into it with y'all, man. So y'all have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next time on the Watch the Throne Bel Air Review Podcast, y'all. Peace. Peace.